please turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 14 through 16 as our text today. The title of the message, Holy Living. 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. There was a man that I worked with when I was a chaplain in a state prison. And this man was an employee of the prison who worked in the prison post office. He claimed to be a Christian. He made much of being a Christian and of being an Assembly of God preacher. He was in charge of inspecting incoming mail and removing pornography, which was not allowed to the inmates in the prison. He stopped all such magazines that were sent to the inmates. But day after day, he would sit there fulfilling his lusts, looking at the pictures of naked women and showing them to other prison employees. In our text for this message, Christians are commanded to be holy. Just what is it that the Lord commands when he says we are to be holy? What is holy living? Many preachers today speak of the need for holy living but never define it and never tell how to do it. The Apostle Peter wrote this book of 1 Peter to Jewish Christians. Of course, the book applies to all Christians, Jews and Gentiles, because as Paul says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, that means spiritually mature, truly furnished unto all good works. In the message this morning, we shall look at four important things about the holiness which God's Word commands in this text. Let us look first of all at the meaning of the word holy. To say that something is holy is to say that it is opposite of something that is common or everyday. Holy means separated unto God, set apart for God's use. In Leviticus 20, 26, God said to Israel, I have severed thee from among 
other people that ye should be mine. In other words, I've separated you from other people. Holy means sacred. Something that is holy is something that is sacred. To be holy is to be like God. To be holy is to be like Christ. In verse 16 of our text, God says, I am holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Holy, when used with reference to God, means that God loves what is pure and good and hates what is sinful and evil. A holy person loves what is good and hates what is evil. God is essentially holy. His very nature is holy. Psalm 111 verse 9 says that God's name is holy. You ever wondered what that means, the holy name of God? That means that everything that God is, is holy. His love is holy, a holy love. His wrath is a holy wrath. His mercy is a holy mercy. His goodness and all of his attributes are holy. Holy and reverend is his name, says Psalm 111, verse 9. In Isaiah 57, 15, God speaks and says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. The mother of John the Baptist is speaking of God in Luke 1.49 when she says, Holy is his name. Whatever God does, all of his works are holy. Turn to Psalm 145 and verse 17. Psalm 145 and verse 17. <clears throat> the scripture says here, Psalm 145, 17, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. Hannah, the mother of Samuel, asked in 1 Samuel 6, 20, who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? God's holy nature calls for us to bow down and worship Him. If we could just get a hold of God's holiness, we'd be down there in the dirt on our faces worshiping Him. Look at Psalm 99 and verse 3 here. Psalm 99 and verse 3. Let them praise thy great and terrible name, for because it is holy. And verse 5 of that same psalm. Exalt ye the Lord our God, and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. So the, the word holy is used in reference to God often 
in the scriptures. The word holy is also used in God's word with reference to places and things. Exodus 3.5 uses the word holy in reference to a place. And this happens to be the first use of the word holy in the scriptures. Exodus 3.5, God said to Moses here, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Now, there was no inherent holiness in that piece of ground. It was not permanently holy. It was holy while the holy God was there. Turn to Revelation 21 and verse 1. Here in Revelation 21:1, the New Jerusalem is called the holy city. We're talking about places that are called holy in the Word of God. Revelation 21:2. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This means that the New Jerusalem is a place set apart from other places sacred to God for his use. In God's word, the the word holy is also used in reference to certain things. The furnishings in the tabernacle and temple in the Old Testament were holy because... They were consecrated or dedicated to God for his use. No one drank out of the holy vessels except the priest because they were separated from other vessels and dedicated to the service of God. You know, Belshazzar committed a great sin, that king of Babylon. The book of Daniel tells us that King Belshazzar and his drunken friends drank out of the holy vessels that Nebuchadnezzar had plundered from the temple. And that very night, God took the kingdom from him. Turn to Exodus 16 and verse 23. Exodus chapter 16, verse 23. This speaks of God's holy Sabbath day. Talking about things that are holy. Exodus sixteen twenty three, and he said unto them, That this is that which the Lord hath said. Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. In the eyes of God, the Sabbath day is to be separated from other days of the week and dedicated to God for his service. As God's holy day, we are to use it for holy purposes. We are to keep it separate from the other days of the week. We are to use it for holy thoughts and in worship, both public and private. As God's Sabbath is holy, we are to refrain from all work and all business and all recreation on that day. It's been set apart. For God and his service. The Sabbath is a holy day. Set apart to honor the holy God. 
to be used in holy activities, including worship and prayer and thinking thoughts of Christ and holy things. The scriptures also use the word holy in reference to people. Turn to 2 Kings 4, 8 and 9. <coughs> 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 here. <coughs> a widow woman called God's preacher Elisha a holy man of God. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in hither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. What did that mean? A holy man of God. It meant a man separated to God for his service. Separated from all other people to God for his service. Well, the second thing in seeking to understand God's commandment for his people to be holy, let's consider four characteristics of a holy life. Four characteristics of a holy life. First of all, <coughs> is characteristic of a person who lives a holy life that he is separated from the world. Separation from the world. Remember the word holy as an adjective means separated. A holy person lives a life that is separated from sin and the world. We Christians have been saved from among men that we might be like our Lord Jesus who, as Hebrews 7.26 describes him, is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. <clears throat> Turn to 2 Corinthians 6.17. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 17. Now, to make sure that we understand that separation from the world is part of Christian holiness, Paul says to Christians here in 2 Corinthians 6, 17, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. He defines what holy living is there. Come out from among the world, the common uh, humanity, and be ye separate. Be different, saith the Lord. Next, turn to 1 John 2, 15 through 17. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. <clears throat> this also deals with the separation of holiness. It helps us to understand what the nature of this separation. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof. 
but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. To be separate from the world, <coughs> a lot of people have mistaken what this means. To be separate from the world does not mean withdrawing from the world. You know, back in the Middle Ages and clear up to the present day, uh, many people have withdrawn from the world and joined a monastery or a convent. Those people who have gone to such places have found that people there are just as sinful and depraved there as in the world, even worse. Just read some of the, the diaries of people who have gone to those places. Greed, lying, lust, all of it still there because man is depraved in his nature. Now, no one mixed with sinners more than the Lord Jesus did. And yet, he was not one of them. And everybody could see that. Every word, every deed, every move showed that he was different from the sinners he came to bless. It ought to be that way with us. In John 17, 14, the Lord Jesus said of all of his followers, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. There is no holiness without separation from the world. A person who is just like other people are, who has no changed nature and no changed conduct, knows nothing of biblical holiness. One who is conformed to this world cannot be holy. Turn to 1 Peter 2, 9. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. <clears throat> God says to his people here, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. That doesn't mean you're a bunch of oddballs. It means you're different. A peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now this verse has a twofold application in the word of God. Uh, turn to Exodus 19, 6, where it is applied to Israel. Exodus chapter 19 and verse 6 applies this statement to Israel, God's chosen people. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. Israel was different. It was separated from all the other nations. That was God's purpose. As an holy nation, it was dedicated to the service of God. But 1 Peter 2.9 uses the, the term an holy nation to describe believers in Christ who are set apart by God from the world in eternal election. Followers of the Lord Jesus Christ are to be separate from the world, from its ways, 
from its thinking, from its pleasures, from its immodest passions, from its sins. A second characteristic of a holy life is dedication to God for his service. Turn to 2 Chronicles 2.4. 2 Chronicles chapter 2 and verse 4. This scripture tells us that King Solomon dedicated to the Lord the temple that he built, meaning he set it apart to be used in the service of God. They didn't do anything else. They weren't supposed to do anything else in the temple but worship and serve God. Behold, I build a house to the name of the Lord my God to dedicate it to him and to burn before him sweet incense and for the continual showbread <clears throat> and for the burnt offerings morning and evening on the Sabbaths and on the new moons and on the solemn feast of the Lord our God. This is an ordinance forever to Israel. Turn next to Second Chronicles 5.1. Chapter 5 and verse 1. <clears throat> this scripture says that David dedicated to the Lord all the gold and silver for the furnishings of the temple. He set them aside to be used in God's service. Thus, all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in all the things that David, his father, had dedicated, and the silver and the gold and all the instruments put he among the treasures of the house of God. Christians must be dedicated to serve God and to be used for his own purposes. We are God's priests, and if we do not serve him, we're just pretenders. If you are not dedicated to God, you know nothing of holiness. A third characteristic of a holy life <clears throat> is conformity to the will and character of God. The will of God for our lives as Christians, how do we know the will of God? You know, I've heard people say, I prayed and I prayed, and in the middle of the night the Lord told me his will. Well, I don't know about it. We know the will of God for our lives as it is revealed in God's holy written word. If we are servants of God, we must follow his commands. Verse 14 of our text, if you'll go back now to 1 Peter 1, verse 14 of our text speaks of the necessity of children being obedient, or Christians being obedient children of God. Notice, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. Verse 15 commands God's people to be holy. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. The written word of God is the proper rule for a Christian's life. It commands us to be holy in every aspect of our lives. 
Our question concerning these things that we do in this life must be, <clears throat> what does God's word say about this? The question is not, what do I want to do? The question is not, what do the people in the world around me want me to do or expect me to do? The question is not, what do today's fashions call for? But what does God's word have to say about it? A fourth characteristic of a holy life is a close relationship between one's soul and God. A close relationship between one's soul and God. God's presence demands and creates holiness in our lives. We cannot be holy when we are not close to God. Personal fellowship with God produces personal holiness. If one has no fellowship with God, then the, the idea of holiness means very little. A close relationship with God is to be had in communicating regularly with Him in Bible reading and prayer. God speaks to us through His written Word, and we speak to God in prayer. Aren't there some among us today who rarely, if ever, have personal Bible reading and prayer? It's not possible to be holy as we are commanded to be without daily reading of God's Word. Not possible. Well, next, we need to consider the matter of why Christians are to live holy lives. First of all, Christians are to live holy lives because as obedient children of God, we are to turn from the lusts that we once served. Look at verse 14 of our text there in 1 Peter 1. We are to turn from the lusts that we once served. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. What is lust? Lusts, in God's word, refers to desires. In this case, desires that are contrary to the revealed will of God. This would include illicit desires for such things as money. You know, money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. And so lust would include illicit desires for money expressed in theft and greed and gambling. It would include desire for sex outside of marriage, desire for power and position over others. Former lust here refers to the lust you formerly indulged yourselves in. Turn to Ephesians 4.22. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Paul refers to these, these former lusts, as the deceitful lust that you put off concerning the former conversation, the former manner of living, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. 
Next, turn to Titus 2, 11 and 12. Titus 2, 11 and 12. Here, Paul tells Christians to deny worldly lust. Titus 2, verses 11 and 12. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Your ignorance here in verse 14 of our text is your ignorance of Christ, your ignorance of the holiness which he demands. Holiness is conformity to the will of God and obedience to his commands. So, verse 14 of our text says, holy people are not to follow the lusts in which they lived before they were saved. Believers now ought to live according to the will of Christ. Why should Christians live holy lives? Secondly, because God directly commands his people to be holy. Well, that's enough reason right there we could close the book of Paul. God directly commands his people to be holy. Look at verses 15 and 16 of the text. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Well, where is it written, be ye holy? This 16th verse refers to two verses in the Old Testament. First, it refers to Leviticus 20, 26. God is speaking to Israel there, but Peter applies it to Christians. Let's turn to Leviticus 20, verse 26. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26. God is speaking, and ye shall be holy unto me. For I, the Lord, am holy, and have severed you from other people, that ye should be mine. The other verse to which it had, Peter has reference is Hebrews 11, 44 and 45, if you'll turn over there to, uh, I, mean, I mean Leviticus 11, 44 and 45. This is the second place to which Peter refers in verses 15 and 16 of our text. For I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. God has severed us Christians from other people, that we should be his and be like him. This command requires holiness in all Christians. Now I want you to turn with me to Hebrews 12 and verse 14. Hebrews chapter 12. And verse 14, the holiness here 
uh, or this scripture tells us that we are to follow holiness. That means holiness is to be a practice in our lives. It's a practical thing. And this holiness is obviously one that can be followed like peace. Look at the verse. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Holiness, follow holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. This following of holiness is the act and the duty of the Christian. It is vital because without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. No matter how religious you are, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. You know, I've asked people before, are you saved? Are you you trusting in Christ? Well, I've always gone to church. I got baptized way back when. Or I try to do more good deeds than bad deeds. Scripture says, doesn't matter how religious you are, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. 2 Timothy 1.9 says believers are called, they're called to sanctify themselves. That is, to separate themselves from all sin. In 1 Thessalonians 4.7, Paul says to Christians, For God hath not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. Complete holiness is the desire and the duty of of every Christian. Now, you know, it's not possible to be perfectly holy. It's not possible to be sinless in this life. There was a, 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 the old-time Nazarenes used to claim sinless perfection. Uh, I don't think they claim that anymore. It's not possible. Uh, the Scripture says it's not. But nevertheless, it's our desire to have complete holiness. Notice what verse 15 of our text says. But as, that means to the same degree as, he which hath called you is holy, that's God, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, in all manner of living, or in every area of life. As God, Just like God is holy, we're to be holy. He which hath called you, in verse 15, is God the Father. Pattern yourself after God. You are children of God, so imitate your Father. Paul says in Ephesians 5, 1, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Now, obviously, we can never have this holiness that's equal to that in God. But we're to strive for it as far as we can. A fourth important thing that I would call to your attention in this message on holy living is a question. In what areas of life is a Christian to be holy? Verse 15 of our text tells us in what areas of life we are to be holy. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. God's word says here that God's people are to be holy in all manner of conversation. Conversation, as I've pointed out, means manner of living, way of life. 
<clears throat> we are to be holy in every area of life, civil, religious, business, recreation, dress, language, every area of life. Holiness here is practical, personal, active, vital holiness. But what are some specific areas of life that call for holy living? One area is the area of entertainment. Holy people avoid filthy movies and filthy TV shows. I don't understand how people can sit there night after night and soak up that garbage that comes out of that tube into the living room. Holy people avoid licentious and rebellious popular and country music. Now, you know, be honest. A lot of this country music is D-I-B-O-R-C-E and all of that kind of stuff, sleeping around, all of that trash. Another area is the area of one's dress. People who are following after holiness dress modestly and in good taste. They do not attract sensual attention to their bodies by means of their short skirts and tight-fitting uh, apparel, clothing like yoga pants. 1 Timothy 2.9, Paul says that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Holy people have reverence for God's holy name and do not use it in profanity and in telling dirty jokes. Holy people use God's holy Sabbath day for worship and rest rather than for work and shopping and fishing and mowing the lawn and going to concerts and ball games on that day. That day's been set apart. It's a holy day. Holy people keep their bodies separated from the world's fashions and tattoos and boys wearing long hair like women. Did you know that God's word in 1 Corinthians eleven fourteen forbids men to wear long hair? Doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame to him? Did you know that in Old Testament Israel, God forbade his people to have themselves tattooed? Look at Leviticus 19.28. Let's turn to that. Leviticus 19, verse 28. There's nothing new under the sun. Leviticus 19, <clears throat> verse 22. Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Turn to Romans 12, 1. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. This speaks of the Christian keeping his body holy separated from the world and from sin and dedicated to the service of God. 
Paul the Apostle says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's just reasonable for a Christian to present his body as holy unto the Lord. A Christian who is seeking to live a holy life is careful of the places he goes, carefully avoiding the places of sin, the beer joints, the clubs, the casinos. A Christian surely does not expect to take the Holy Lord with him to places of sin. There's certainly no holiness in a person who conforms to the world in these areas of life. Believers are holy persons, saints, sanctified ones. That means separated ones, holy ones, separated from the world and dedicated to God for His service. Well, in conclusion, how may a person know whether he's living a holy life? I believe he may do so by asking himself some simple questions. Am I living a life that is separated from the world? Am I any different from the world around me? Is my life dedicated to serving Jesus Christ? Am I using my talents, my time, my voice, my thoughts, my money in the service of Christ? Do I carefully seek to conform to God's will as it's revealed in His Word? Do I have a close relationship with God through daily Bible reading and prayer? Am I walking with the Lord? It's my prayer that this message will be used of the Lord to undeceive those professing Christians who are not following after holiness. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for the fact that you are a holy God. And Father, we tremble when we really get a hold of the meaning of your holiness. We thank you for this verse of Scripture that tells us how to live, this passage of Scripture. We pray that we would each examine himself to see if we're truly following after holiness in our life. Father, we pray that Christ would be magnified in our holy lives as we strive to live for him. And it's in Christ Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen.